Generations Church exists to glorify God in our community, to make disciples of Jesus, and to multiply churches so that the next generation is equipped to glorify God better than we did. Welcome to the Generations Church podcast. We are in our series called Guilt, Grace, and Gratitude, exploring the themes and modern-day connections of the Heidelberg Catechism. Hey, everybody, it's me, Scotty Hines, one of the pastors here at Generations Church, and joined once again by my friend and lead pastor of Generations Church, Jeff Ludington. How are you, Jeff? I'm well, man. I'm glad to be doing this again with you. Yeah. Like we said in the last episode, man, we had some some misfires. And what everybody doesn't know is we took time off uh, for the holidays, right? Came back and then both of us have been sick and, and some other stuff. And so to get back in this rhythm, uh, it's a different venue. It's an opportunity for us to talk about Jesus with people uh, literally all across the country. Oddly enough, man, uh, in my travels last week, as I, I was in Michigan and then uh, doing some stuff before that. Anyhow, man, there are people all over the country that are listening and uh, friends that are here in California that are not yeah. a part of our church that podcast this regularly. Yep. Uh, somebody in Indiana, uh, Chicago area, man, my friends out at Faith Church. So there's a shout out if you're listening. Uh, man, all the way up into Michigan. And so, man, there are people that listen to this. And this is a great venue. I, I love doing this podcast. Yeah. We can sit here in the comfort of my office at our conference table, hang out. But people get to hear this wherever they are, yeah. doing whatever they do in their busy lives. Yeah, and I like what, it, what I like about it too, man, is we're taking um, things that could be perceived, and they are, uh, deep theological issues, you know, um, making them practical. You know, yeah. they, what is the what is the old saying? How do you eat an elephant? I wouldn't eat an elephant, just for the record. But how do you eat one? They say it's one bite at a time. Yeah, well, I mean, it might be good. I don't that's, know. That's usually how I eat all my food, one bite at a time. But but I think the analogy, <laughs> yeah, right. I think the analogy uh, just signifies that sometimes these large tasks just need to be broken down yeah. to bite-sized bits, and that that's one of the things I enjoy about this podcast so far is uh, being reminded of the practicality of some of this deep theology that we do own, making it personal. Uh, being able to apply it to my daily life. As we were talking about on the last one, man, my daughters, my kids have about 10 weeks memorized. That's cool. It is cool. Now, t- granted, I will um, I will make note, they have a children's uh, edition of yeah. this, and they, they've got the children's edition That's great. part. Yeah, no, 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 I got you. Because some of these questions are very long, so I don't yeah. want to give my kids too much credit. Uh, or, yeah, I would love to give them more. But you all know what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm not trying to throw my kids under the bus. They're amazing. Well, let me use that and, as, uh, a, as a segue, man, just to say this. Okay, so if you're if you're just jumping on, I know a lot of times we post this on Facebook. Maybe you click on it. Maybe yeah. you're a friend of Scott's or you're friends of mine. You click on I don't have really any friends, so you're probably a friend <laughs> of Pastor Scott's. But, you know, uh, you click on this thing, and you're jumping in in the middle. It's like walking in the middle of a movie. You're trying to figure out what's going on. And so we're studying a 450-year-old catechism. And a, a catechism is a way of learning yeah. by memorizing questions and answers. And so when you say you've got... 10 weeks or 10, if what we're doing on our podcast, 10 episodes, 10 right? episodes, yes. So they've got something memorized. Well, if you're just jumping on, that doesn't make sense. Well, it's, <clears throat> excuse me, it's because we're working through a catechism. Yeah. We're working through a series of questions and answers. And these are to be memorized. Yeah. And uh, like I said earlier, uh, I've, I've said in earlier podcasts, I mean, uh, it's like memorizing your times tables when you're growing up yeah. and learning math. You memorize what is true so that you can recall it when you need it. Right. And so that's what we're doing. And and the catechism isn't what's true. It's the truths of scripture. And we believe that the Heidelberg Catechism has captured many of them. We're going to poke it today a little bit. And I I think that'll be good. Um, But inside the Heidelberg Catechism, 52 weeks worth of questions and answers learning 
In the middle of it, we are nearing the end of a section about the Apostles' Creed. So the Apostles' Creed is something that the church has been using for roughly 1,700 years. Catholics use it. Orthodox folks use it. Protestants like us, we use it. And so really, it's just making statements about who is God, who is Jesus, and then today, who is the Holy Spirit? And so I'm going to ask question 53. Pastor Scott's going to give you the answer, and this is under the banner of episode 20 or Lord's Day 20. Question 53 asks, what do you believe concerning the Holy Spirit? First, the Spirit with the Father and the Son is eternal God. Second, the Spirit has been given to me personally and by true faith makes me share in all his blessings, comforts me, and remains with me forever. So, man, as you were talking, now, one thing to note, this is a pretty quick question, straightforward. Who is the Holy Spirit, you know, right. or, or what do you believe concerning the Holy Spirit? It's, yeah. it's a small section for sure, but uh, you were talking about some critiques you had of the answer or how you just said uh, you want to poke at the answer. Yeah. Um, what are those, man? Share those with us. So as you guys, if, if you've listened to this since, you know, since the intro or episode one, if, you, if you've listened, I've taken issue with some of the things in the Heidelberg Catechism, yeah. right? And, you know, Jesus descending to hell. I, yeah. I've done two podcasts on that. Yeah. I think that's not biblical. I think that's not even what the framers of the Apostles' Creed or the Heidelberg Catechism wrote. And I yeah. think it's a translational error. So I've done some stuff on that. Yep. But we just said a minute ago that the catechism is memorizing truths, right? Yep. But the truths are only as true as they prove to be true by Scripture. Scripture is our authority. Absolutely. We do believe that the Harvard Catechism is a great, uh, a great document, man, a great creed or confession, mm-hmm. right, that helps us in our faith. And we, we adhere to the vast majority of what it says. Like, I take issue at a couple things here and there. <clears throat> but this one, let me just put it in its context. So it's question 53. It's yeah. Lord's Day 20, right? So if there's 52 weeks worth, it's week 20, right? I think it's like 13 through 19 are all about Jesus, right? 20 is about the Holy Spirit. 21 starts talking about the church, right? Now, to be fair to the catechism, there we do understand that an outworking of the Holy Spirit is the church. Yes. So it's not like we abandon the Holy Spirit, but... It's not like saying that Jesus isn't connected to the church either, and yet we spend seven weeks on Jesus, right, 13 through 19. And so there's one question or one Lord's Day or one week focused on what do you believe concerning the Holy Spirit? So that's that's one critique I would have of this. Um, And I think in our camp, so theologically, you and I are in the Reform camp. I, I think our community doesn't do great with this topic. We aren't super great at this topic, but... Before we get to that, let me just say this in the answer, right? So first, the Spirit with the Father and the Son is eternal God. So yes, the Holy Spirit is co-equal, co-eternal, fully God, part of the Trinity, part of the divine Godhead, whatever language you want to use in that. Yeah, so he is God. He is God. It's a he, not an it, right? Right. The Holy Spirit is a he. It's a person of the Trinity, fully divine. It's not, not the force. It's not a force of power. No, right? It's not, you know, Star Wars, we're not Jedi's. It's not the force. Yeah. This is a person. But in all in all in all sincerity, that is an actual theology certain people do right. hold. Yeah. So don't mean to poke fun at it, but just so you all know, it is a theology. People think he is a force. And the only way I can really interpret that interpretation that, that uh, they have is kind of like the Jedi. It is yep. a force that goes through um, some of the believers. I don't know all that work into the Jehovah sure. Witnesses um, belief on the Holy Spirit, but they they do believe he is a force. You're right. Yeah. So 
But Christians often treat it as that, right? The You're power right. of the Holy Spirit, mm. right? It's they miss of the Holy Spirit the power, yeah. right? And so they think it of it a power in, yeah. in, a, in a sense, right? And I think too we get it the dunamis, the power. Yeah. We do get some of that analogy, but it is a he, right. a person. The Bible even talks about that he, the Holy Spirit, gives gifts, right? And he can be grieved. Exactly. Right? Oh my God, yeah. that's an amazing. That is some serious clarity on right. who the Holy Spirit is. Uh, especially in light when, when you have passages that say, you know, where Jesus says he is to take what is mine and make it known. Right. But then you see him grieving. It's like, right. wow. Man, I can think of one off the top of my head is three, uh, Hebrews 3, 7 says, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says today, if you hear his voice, right? Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me, man, my throat's not doing great today, but the Holy Spirit speaks, yeah. right? So there, again, if we could, uh, if we could pause for a minute and say, okay, we don't always do well in our modern day church context. And I would say us in the reform camp, we don't always do well with the Holy Spirit. And there's some jokes. Uh, I think it was originally kind of about Baptists. You know, the Baptist Trinity is Father, Son, and Holy Bible. Yeah. You know, and, and that's not and that's not true of all Baptists. That's, you know, that's originally how the joke went. But that's true of reform folks. A lot of times, folks in our camp, man, really don't know what to do with the Holy Spirit. And so... My other critique about this question and answer, not just it's the only one about the Holy Spirit specifically, but as it goes from noting that God, the Holy Spirit, is a, you know, is, is a he, a person, a part of the Trinity, right? But then it says, second, the Spirit has been given to me personally and by true faith makes me share in Christ and all his blessings, comforts me and remains with me forever. Uh, Now, it's very me-centered in that sense. Yes. You just said something earlier that, that, you know, the spirit glorifies Christ. And there's just, there's a lot of things that the spirit, I remember uh, in seminary, I remember hearing this and it stuck with me that the Holy Spirit is the shy member of the Trinity, mm-hmm. right? And I, I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit is shy, but there is this sense that the Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. Yeah. The Holy Spirit glorifies God, just as Jesus glorifies God, right? Yeah. yeah. But the Holy Spirit isn't glorifying himself, Right. In the Reformed community, we use the, you know, kind of in the economic trinity, if, for those of you nerds that are listening and, and like those things, right? That, the, that God the Father ordains, Jesus Christ the Son accomplishes, and the Holy Spirit applies. When we talk about salvation or whatever, mm-hmm. the gospel to us, right? So God is ordained, Jesus accomplished, the Holy Spirit applies to us. So the Holy Spirit has a role, yes. and a function, that's and that's not often seen. And so in the... In the Reformed community especially, I think there's a lot of diversity. There's some Reformed charismatics, and if you're unfamiliar with that term, those those are the ones that see the Holy Spirit as very active, very powerful, very miraculous today. There are uh, cessationist Reformed folks, uh, you know, Sproul, who just died, R.C. Sproul, yeah. and uh, who is a loss to, our, to the, oh the church God, community. Oh, my God, he's a rock. Died, what, a year or two ago. Yeah. And uh, he was a cessationist, and yeah. so his view, if you're unfamiliar with that, is that the Holy Spirit did miracles through Jesus, through the apostles, through the, those that knew Jesus, in the early church until the, and this is an oversimplification, but until the Bible was put together, yeah. right? And really that became the witness. And yeah. that before that, it was to show that the apostles had authority, that they yeah. had authority from God to be apostles. Yeah. And then those apostles wrote scripture and that really a lot of the big miraculous raising of the dead, doing these things, that ceased either at the end of the apostles' life with some think or at the canonization yeah. of Scripture in the fourth century, others think, right? I think I, I think neither the highly charismatic folks nor the cessationist folks really uh, do a service to who the Holy Spirit no, is. No, not at all. 
Because you also have those passages. Um, were, were you done? Yeah, go for it. No, 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 say. Well, because you have that passage and one that has to be acknowledged where it talks about the, the Holy Spirit's role in the non-believer's life. And it says he came to convict the mm-hmm. world of sin, right. of righteousness and judgment. So he even has a functional role apart from the believer. And, to, and to, to, to assume that his role, uh, and I'm not saying that uh, this, this represents R.C.'s role at all, but to assume that he has ceased to work yeah. would be, um, would, would, you would have to question how is a non-believer come to faith? Sure. Because it's the work of the Spirit bringing life to them. Yeah. And so if we could take the miraculous on that, that's a good mm-hmm. pivot point, right? So if a, how does a person go from non-believer to believer, if we want to just ask that question, well, the Holy Spirit's involved in that. Absolutely. Right? Yes, and God has ordained, Jesus has accomplished, but the Holy Spirit is taking what God has ordained, what Jesus has accomplished, and is applying it to the non-believer. We call that regeneration, yep. right? Making that person spiritually alive, right? Regenerating yeah. to generate life or regenerate life, yeah. right? So the Holy Spirit is making one alive, really. And, and that's like when Jesus in John 3 uh, is asked the question, hey, what must I do? Or yeah. what do I do? Or how do I get saved? Or how do I glorify God? However, the, uh, the, the Pharisee asks him that question. Uh, but he says this, you must be born again, yeah. right? Yeah. And then there's some funny language in there around what Jesus said. He says the wind blows where it wants to yeah. blow, the spirit, you know, one born of the flesh and born of the spirit, blah, blah, blah. Well, that word wind and, and, and blows in the spirit, all that is, is really one word. It's about the spirit. It and he's really talking is. about the work of the spirit yeah. on us. And so now if we are raising dead hearts to life or dead spirits to life that is miraculous it's something only god can do and the holy spirit does that so for those who are on the cessationist side that don't see the miraculous as being a part of the normal life of the believer or christian or church today i would suggest that they do believe in regeneration that is a miracle absolutely the miraculous hasn't ceased nope right and i like there's some debate we could have here. Some folks think, you know, Jesus is or that the, the the church is seeing dead folks raised all the time, or the lame, you know, walk, or whatever the blind see. And I'm not going to debate that right here today. Yeah. Right. But I would say this: there are two ends of the spectrum when it comes to Holy Spirit in the church present today. Yeah. There are those who almost ignore the Holy Spirit altogether. Right, whether they theologically believe that or they just don't know what to do with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or on the other side, there are those who you know speak in tongues and pray for the miraculous and all these kind of things. And and really, I think they tend towards worshiping the gifts of the Holy Spirit more than the giver of the gifts. Yeah. Yeah. And so we have one that kind of ignores the Holy Spirit, one that worships the gifts of the Holy Spirit more than God Himself. And yeah. I think those are two struggles we see in the church today. Yeah, it's one. I'm always trying to balance how I I use or acknowledge the Spirit being used by Him. And, and, and one thing that I've <clears throat> I've kind of relied on in my ministry is, um, you know, it was very common to have to lead people in the sinner's prayer. You know, if you want to lead someone to Christ, right. and I always struggled with that. I just first off, I never really found the the sinner's prayer to be a biblical uh, concept. Praying for a sinner is very biblical. Yeah. For someone to receive Christ is very biblical, but this almost like this initiation prayer, I always wrestled with that because I was, felt like it was more of a sales pitch, close the deal, you're now one of us, which That's is like great. It's, it's the equivalent of asking, will that be check, cash, or credit, right? <laughs> I, I, I get that impression. However, I have prayed with people, and so I'm not completely yeah. bashing it, and, and I've, I've prayed people into the faith. You know, as he said, yeah. what a form of a sinner's prayer. But what I typically do, man, is I really, um, I try to speak truth and always get people to think. And I really rely on the spirit from that point. And, and I've noticed in my ministry, I always get the, the callback. 
the the DM, uh, the response a week or so later. Hey, right. I've been thinking. Right. And then their thoughts have changed, and now you can see their thoughts are now being cleansed by the Spirit. You know, and and that's that's a way that I've always wrestled, or excuse me, um, rested in Him using me and not having because it's trying to balance the two. You know, I've been exposed to the charismatic. You know, you get touched and slain in the spirit, and then I right. join the camp where it's like, well, you know, don't get too emotional, yeah. you know, and so so that balance, and that's that's an area where I try to see him working and try to really rely on him in my ministry. It's, it's trusting good. when I obey Jesus, I don't need to see the results, that the results will be met and fulfilled by the work of the spirit. Yeah, there's a, a sense that um, in, in all theological streams, there is an understanding the Holy Spirit is real, yeah. right? The question is, what does the Holy Spirit do today? Yeah. And, and, and I think uh, if we could learn uh, just kind of this one thing, that this might help us answer questions later that we can't tackle today, but Jesus says these words. He says, it's better that I go away. Yeah. Right? So Jesus mm. is with his disciples. He's present with his disciples. It's better that I go away and, and that I will send the comforter or the helper, depending on which translation, which, which verse you're reading. He says, I'm going to go away, and then I'm going to send. And, th- and that send is the Holy Spirit, yeah. right? And so the helper, and helper's not a second-class citizen. Not helper is, you know, God has called our helper, you know, that kind of thing. So it's, it's not that, right? Well, think of a teacher in your school. They are right. definitely, they are extreme right. helpers, and they are not second-class. Exactly right. So I will do this. And so I've, I've often asked people, and may have asked you this in the past, but what's better than Jesus with us? Right. Mm, well, yes. his spirit inside, inside of, so, of us. Yes. You know, we will all love Jesus to be sitting in the room right now. In fact, I'd be doing a lot less talking and be asking questions. <laughs> you know what I mean? But instead of Jesus with us, you know, around us, but it's really his spirit in us yeah. now. And so that's why Jesus says better to go away. So the spirit in us, right? When you, you talk about sharing your faith or leading someone in prayer or whatever, and that, that is empowered by the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. Right? That our life, all that we do, especially around spiritual things, ministry things, gospel things, right? That it must be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Can't do it in our strength. No. Right? It's not my words on a Sunday morning in a message that change any lives. My words do nothing. Nope. Right? But that when the Holy Spirit uses me, right, the words of God become spoken. I'm not saying in any kind of you know, perfect sense, or I don't make any mistakes or anything else, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, those words go forward and lives can be changed. It's not my words. Yeah. It's yeah. the Holy Spirit doing it. Yeah. Well, right? he, yeah. Well, if he's going to take what is Jesus and make it known, then right. when we are preaching Jesus, he then takes that preaching and makes the hearer know. Exactly. It's, right, it's a man. wonderful relationship. It, it, when you really, and again, I think uh, any honest uh, pastor, theologian, uh, just a seeker of biblical knowledge will understand that, man, the Holy Spirit is, is, is an, something you're going to be learning for the rest of your faith. Yeah. The concept of three in one. Yeah. I mean, uh, the concept of him working behind and, and through the Spirit. It's amazing. It's, it's as uh, Megan might would put it, unfathomable. Right. <laughs> but uh, it, it's an encouragement, though, to know that when you, can, when you apply Scripture... Right. right when you know scripture, you speak scripture, and you apply scripture, that the Holy Spirit is there working alongside you, man. It's such an comforter. You know, there's uh, there's this idea, man, that and, and it's true, but the Holy Spirit can be a, a very controversial topic in the church. And I would say this: here's why. On one side, you have people that are that really are not sure what to do with the Holy Spirit, and that could be theologically, or that could be uh, for whole other reasons, uh, just not knowing what to do, yeah. right? 
And on the other side, it seems like everything is the Holy Spirit. Everything is this, and it's and it's all these things. It looks a little, you know, like it, it looks inconsistent with Scripture. Yeah. And so if we just begin from the place, and we can't again, we can't solve this in twenty minutes, Not right? This all. is something the church has been dealing with, right? But if we just begin with the place that anything empowered by God in our lives is the Holy Spirit's work in us, around us, through us, to others, right? Yeah. Uh, even the very process of people coming to faith is a work of the Holy Spirit yeah. regenerating their hearts. Yeah. And so, man, you know, I think of that verse, Hebrews 3, 7, uh, just one portion. It says, today, if you hear his voice. Mm. And one good way to know if you're hearing the voice of the Spirit to those of you listening uh, to this podcast is this. Hear the conviction that may be taking place with inside of you, the wrestling that you have, and then take that wrestling and match it with Scripture. If it speaks truth to Scripture or spe- Scripture speaks truth to what you are, are being, what's being impressed on your heart, that is the Spirit working in your life. He will take and make what is known of Jesus, and we know what is of Jesus because of the Holy Bible. So I just encourage you uh, to wrestle and to enjoy that conviction. And I want to thank you for listening to the Generations Church podcast. Uh, every Tuesday, every Tuesday, we release a new guilt, grace, and gratitude episode. And if you like what we're doing, please leave us a review and, and share the episode with your friends. Again, thank you. Take care. For more information, visit our website at ginfamily.church. G-E-N family.church. You can also follow our social media accounts at Jin Family Church.